Hi, and welcome to Straight Shot Radio. My name is Johnny Slick, and I'm the owner and head coach at Straight Shot Training. It has been a while since our last episode. I've been blessed with a ton of personal training work recently, so I have had zero free time during the week to write or record or do interviews for the podcast. And I was also given another teaching assignment at the community college, so since the fall semester started, I've been super busy teaching a nutrition course there as well. Ironically, the other reason I have had so little time to produce the show is actually the topic of today's show. See, back in the late summer, early fall, my friend Andrew Presnell got myself and some other trainers thinking about doing a strongman competition. With the help of our other strongman friend, John Taylor, Rebecca Reeves-Snyder, Brandon Littleton, and I signed up for our first strongman competition that took place on October 13th. In this two-part episode, we sat down in the gym office for a rare break between our clients and talked about our experience with training for and competing in a sport that challenged us both mentally and physically as beginners in a new discipline. In part one, we'll take you from the time we switched from following my straight shot programming to Andrew's coaching, all the way up to our final moments before the first event started. So I'm here with Brandon Littleton, Rebecca Reefsnyder. We just did the rural, rural Rumble. How many times have you guys tried to say that before you were actually able to say it? <laughs> I never attempted. You didn't even try it? <laughs> rural. Rural Rumble. Rural. rural Rumble 3 at the gym in Westminster. It was a cross, not cross, jeez. I mean, <laughs> oh strongman strong competition. I know, Andrew's going to kill me just for saying it. Uh, strongman competition at the gym in Westminster. And we had never done a strongman competition before. This was our first one. So we weren't exactly sure how to train for it. Uh, so we'll have Andrew come in in a second who helped coach us for it. But um, we wanted to share with you all our experience with it, what we liked about it, what we didn't like about it, what we would change if we had you know, hindsight going into it, what we're going to change going into other events, and what you can expect out of your first strongman competition. So um, we'll start with recapping um, our experience training leading up to the event. So we were doing, Rebecca, you and I were doing straight shot. Yeah. We were just running the same programming as the, the athletes were, just a little bit heavier, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we've been doing that since January. Mm-hmm. And when did we start training for this specifically for the competition? Like when we switched focuses? It was, um, I think it was ju- late July. Was uh, it early August? Early, I think it was early August, August that we switched. Okay. Like that. Yeah. And then, Brandon, what were you doing? Were you doing straight shot as well? Yeah, we were doing some straight shot. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yep. So then we made that switch, like, like 12 or so weeks out from the comp. Yeah. And that's whenever we got Andrew to start coaching us. We'll bring Andrew in here in a second. But um, how do you feel like our training changed? It was a lot less reps. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot less reps. The volume went way down. Um, volume meaning sets times reps. Yes. Yeah. Uh, intensity, like weights, amount of weight lifted went up per rep. So it was, I was felt like I was lifting heavier weights, but then you also had a lot of those sets of 250 and 100, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we, that was very different for me as well. At the very end of most workouts, we, he would say like 200 reps of a tricep extension exercise, yeah. and you just as many sets as you need to get those 200 done. Brandon, what do you think of the the training switch going from like straight shot, like moderate volume to um, what low, Rebecca was saying that it yeah. was just like it was a training that like I never experienced, so like I was a lot more sore than like like normal yeah and that you would just go in and do like one or two reps and like that was your full effort 
Yeah. Instead of doing like three sets of like twelve. We we like, spent oh, like yeah, cool. like forty five minutes to an hour yeah. just on dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like I mean we all hit a lot of PRs leading up yeah. to the event, right? Oh, gotcha. yeah. yeah, definitely. So definitely his training got us much stronger. Um, you know, anytime you're training specifically for something, you have to make that switch from kind of being generalized at being fit in a lot of different areas, which a general general physical preparedness program or GPP program like Straight Shot will have you pretty ready to do most things. But if you're gonna do an event, you have to switch and you do have to exaggerate certain parts of your fitness at the expense of other ones. Right. So what do you feel like you lost leading up to this? Muscle endurance. Okay. <laughs> yeah, endurance yeah. went way down because we, we cut out cardio. Right. We played racquetball, yeah, but we cut out cardio. We didn't do any circus, we didn't do any sprinting. Um, so I definitely like being out of breath. So it's like, yeah. Like, <laughs> but the, I mean, it, it comes back quick. It's not like you lose yeah, it forever. No, I, I, think a, I think that's one thing that people don't want to do when they train for something is, well, I don't want to lose this. I want to train for a marathon, but I still want to be able to squat 400 pounds. Yeah. Well, it's probably not going to happen. No. Um, so yeah, I think, I think going into it, we knew that we were going to lose some stuff, which right. was fine. Yeah, and I didn't actually lose as much of it as I thought I would. I mean, with the yeah. with the um, racquetball that we did, and just even the weight that was lifted, it was so heavy that my heart rate was That's getting true. up yeah. too. So, yeah, I I don't feel like I'm heaving when I go up a flight of stairs, but my cardio isn't what it used to be either. Yeah, <laughs> I think the the biggest thing for me in it was totally trusting my training to somebody else, which I, we all try to do that, like half of the year, let mm -hmm. somebody else program for you rather than writing your own workouts. Um, but with Andrew, this was so different than letting somebody else program for me, because this was like, not only is somebody else programming for me, but my success in this competition is largely dependent on yeah. how they're programming for me. Because I don't know going to this competition, like none of us had any clue what was coming up for us. Yeah. And even that day, we went into each event not knowing what the heck was going on. Yeah. Um, and so it was just one of the things you had to experience in the training. So mm -hmm. yeah, trusting your training to somebody else I think is important, even as, as coaches trusting somebody else with it. Right. Uh, so I just saw Andrew run away from the desk. Before We'll get his thoughts on our training leading up to it. Um, one of the things that we had to do, and he'll want to add more to this as well, or here he is. Nope, he, he missed us. Um, so, so one of the things that we did have to do was we had to figure out which weight class we were going to compete in. We had to figure out if we were going to compete as a novice or in the open class. Mm -hmm. So, Brandon, you competed in the no the novice yeah. class under 220. 220 yeah. Rebecca competed in the open class, um, meaning like regular competitors compete in the open class. And that was in the women's middleweight, yes. under 165 class. Right. I competed in the men's lightweight, under 181 class. So in the beginning, we did have to decide where we we're going to compete. Mm -hmm. you, had, you had to choose in the beginning when you signed up if you're going to do novice or open. Um, so I mean, obviously for the the one the event that we did, there were some novice people in the open divisions, yes. us, and there were some more experienced people in the novice divisions. Wouldn't you say, Brandon? Yeah. Some of the people you were up oh against, gosh, obviously yeah. they've mm -hmm. done this before. Yeah. So uh, some of our friends have said, if you do a strongman competition, go novice. That your first comp. Like no questions. Other people have said depends on your level of fitness. So Rebecca, why did you go open on this one? You convinced me to. <laughs> <laughs> so I was originally going to go novice, um, but I wanted I wanted the challenge of competing against people that were better than me. Okay. And so I guess the thing that did it for me was when I guess Andrew and then his wife and you had said that if I went novice, I would probably win. Yeah. And as you much as I want to win, I <laughs> wanted 
to compete. Yeah. So I decided to go open with that. Yeah. So, so cause you have a good idea of your oval. I mean, you know all of your strength numbers. Right. So, Brandon, what made you not want to go into the men's? Um, because you guys were saying that, um, like, this is my first competition ever. Yeah. Like, ever. Yeah. So I've never been in that situation, so I just didn't know what to experience, and that's what, like, made me. Well, plus, if you went open, you would have been in the weight class above John Taylor's Oh, yeah. yeah. So, in that case, like, you look at the weights that you're supposed to lift, yeah. and if you're not able to lift those weights, <laughs> then maybe go novice. You can't even go. Yeah. Andrew. Welcome, Andrew, to the show. Coach, Coach extraordinaire, Andrew Presnell. Uh, so we were just talking about um, decision to go novice versus open. Um, you know, what you, we, looking at the weights is really what would, was my determining factor, whereas I saw in my weight class for novice, it was going to be close to the same weights as I would be lifting in a sub-81 class. So for me, I wanted to go open and start competing against guys my same size. Same thing with Rebecca. Brandon, looking at the weights in sub-220 class is going to be a little heavy. Um, so we're... For people who signing are signing up for their first strongman comp, do you think that the weights are the most important thing to choose between whether they're going to do open or novice? Yeah, like for me, when I picked my first one, um, I actually traveled to, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but I actually traveled like 10 hours to like upstate New York for my first one. Jeez. Because <laughs> I, uh, um, I picked the one that the weights were manageable. Um, there was a decent amount of guys that I could compete against, and... Um, I knew I had like a decent chance to compete well, so okay. um, so yeah. So I actually uh, picked it that way, and that was kind of the the one I picked was in August, which was the, the time frame I was looking for. Okay. With the amount of weeks like leading up to the competition gotcha. to kind of go. So yeah, so, I think I think it definitely matters. I mean, obviously you don't want to go too heavy for your first one. Yeah. Too light. Okay. You know, and you don't want to kind of in Rebecca's case kind of blow everybody out of the water in like yeah. a novice class, but yeah. But yeah. Uh, so we're talking about training leading up to it and how we were doing a straight shot, like a GPP program leading up to, you know, what, 12 weeks before the event that we switched? Mm -hmm. Was that? Mm -hmm. So what did you have in mind when you switched our programming? Well, I know, like, we talked, obviously, and you wanted to do a conjugate-style program. Yes. Right? So we, so we did that. And then... Uh, um, quick conjugate overview. Very, like, Sure, basic. sure. <laughs> so uh, uh, ro uh, rotating uh, variations of exercises um, with one day being, like, a max effort lower body day, one day being a max effort upper body day, and then uh, dynamic lower and a dynamic uh, upper, which is moving light weights really fast. Excellent. Yep. Which is very different than what we were doing, so I think mm -hmm. that's what made a big difference there. Um, so as we were going through this coaching, we started seeing PRs. Um, how did you change things as we got closer to the event from when we first started? So uh, we did a we did a lot of volume uh, at a lower intensity, kind of when we first started. Yeah. Um, so I know we were doing like the trap bar deads for reps you know, and reps 50, in the very 60. very beginning. Yeah. Reps, yeah, and that was just kind of to get you guys used to a little bit more volume. And then as we progressed, obviously we got closer to the competition. We did uh, a lot less volume and a lot higher intensity, so yeah. we were, you know, definitely scaling back the reps quite a bit. But you guys were starting to press like really big weights. I know you hit like the two sixty push jerk, yeah, and things like that. So it was definitely good. Yeah, and then what I think surprised all of us was how much you wanted us to rest before the competition. I think that's important for people as well because I know uh, some of my students in my class this morning said that they left my class, which they were laying on the floor when they left. And they were headed over to Orange Theory because they wanted to do a workout over there. So how important is, is, is rest yeah, when it yeah, comes yeah, to... Yeah, that's, that's a no-go in, <laughs> in my book. <laughs> um, I, think, I think it's really important. I know we talked about like Kristen Rhodes, the professional strong woman who kind of posted about 
like 12 days 12 out total from, days off yeah, yeah 12 days yeah. out she took 12 days off of no lifting before uh strongest woman in the world but um i think it's really important um i know like for me i typically take an entire week off so I'll, well monday to saturday with the competition okay. usually being on saturday um i just think it's really important uh strongman training is very taxing on your body as you guys yes. know and <laughs> you really have to recover so you know eating is paramount resting is paramount you know yeah. you got to get a good netflix show in there and you can you can watch or some or some video games or something that you can help pass the time because it's hard for us when you're used to training frequently to yeah. kind of just kind of lay around and be kind of a couch potato but yeah especially since like the the mm-hmm. act of training it's not even like i understand i need to recover from it but training is fun it's like sure I don't get to have fun that week. So you just have to find ways to just chill out. But I was so beat up by that point. Yeah. So there was the one day, the Wednesday before, I wanted to mention this. The, oh, yeah. One of the greatest coaching advices I've ever gotten from anyone. Yeah. This is I not was, in a textbook. <laughs> I was exhausted the Wednesday leading up to it. We'll talk about Rebecca's experience, too, because there's so much we need to get into with this. Rebecca's experience was horrible leading up to this comp. Obviously not ideal. Mine, I was great. I was hitting PRs all the way into the week right before we were taking, we were backing off. I started feeling a little bit run down. The following week, the week of the competition, I was completely exhausted. Like I couldn't even think straight. I was so tired. And I came in here the one day, and I texted you. I was like, I, I don't know if I'm getting sick or what. I feel like I'm going to die right now. And he told me I wasn't going to like it. Uh, he asked me, you asked me if I had $5. <laughs> he told me to go over to Little Caesars to buy a $5 hot and ready pizza <laughs> and eat the entire thing. So I went over there. I got the pizza. And a, and a soda. And a soda. A regular soda. And I, yes, not a diet soda. <laughs> so I went and I got the pizza. And then I went over and they were out of Baja Blast to Taco Bell. So I had to settle for a Baja Blast slushy. Drank that. I ate half the pizza in like 20 minutes. Started training my clients. Uh, I didn't end up eating the whole pizza because I took it home. I shared it with Rachel and Wesley. But the next day, I woke up and I felt like a champion. Mm-hmm. So, for people who say that oh, sugar makes me feel like crap, the gluten makes me feel like crap, what is the science behind telling an athlete to go eat a whole pizza and drink a whole uh, soda? So, not not a ton of science. I'm the, <laughs> I'm the you're the fifty percent art, fifty percent art, fifty yeah. percent science. But it's, yes. it's probably skewed a little more in the art direction. But um, <laughs> so, like, to support like training that like you guys are that you guys were doing, like you guys need to. Like it, it was hard for you guys because you guys were trying to cut, but it's important to be like in a caloric surplus to like be gaining strength. And yeah. So it doesn't. Not even if you want to gain weight, you're just correct. saying strength yeah. gaining. Yeah. For sure. And so, um, typically when people are run down like during a deload or some type of an off week, um, that's because they're just they're they're recovering and they're yeah. trying to get like kind of get like right kind of like we talked about like getting sick on deloads and yeah. things like that. So. Um, you needed a lot of calories and a lot of fast digesting yes. carbs yeah. in a very short amount of time to feel better. <laughs> so that's why you went with the pizza. And, and you picked out the Baja Blast, which actually yes. was a really good choice. It was a solid choice. Yeah. It so, was great. Uh, not a lot of science there. But okay. <laughs> yeah. It worked. I felt yeah. great. Uh, results, results business. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, Brandon, would, would you think, you know, week leading up, resting, were you ready for the rest by then? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I could tell that I was, like, getting more sluggish and stuff. Okay. And then when I saw that you guys weren't working out for a week, I was like, what? Like, it just work. didn't make sense, but I was like, hey, you guys, you guys done this yeah. before. So, so like, did yeah. you feel pretty fresh on competition? Yeah, day oh, my that? gosh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I felt yeah. like, yeah. It's kind of a weird, it's kind of a weird kind of a, arcing sort of pendulum because like beginning of the week you feel kind of like crap because you're still trying to recover yeah from everything from the week okay and then as you go through 
like Thursday, Friday, you don't feel good, and then all of a sudden Saturday, you feel like a million bucks. Yeah, no, I think it's exactly the way that, that it felt. Yeah. Uh, let's get into Rebecca. Rebecca, if you can hit us with the nightmare of the last three weeks leading up to the competition. It was awful. <laughs> so I needed to cut weight, um, and I wanted to do it the gradual, healthy way. So about a month out, well, it was even it was longer than that. It was a like month and a feet, half yeah. out. Um, I needed to lose about five pounds in order to make weight, so I started doing the gradual cut. I was losing about half to a pound a week, and it was going the way it needed to do. Three weeks before the competition, I come down with a fever. Um, you were on vacation, right? Or you were on a trip? You, you went somewhere, right? The wedding. Oh, I the had wedding. my cousin's wedding. Yes. So I was up all hours of the night for like two days trying to get everything ready for my cousin's wedding, doing the bridal party thing that you need to do. And so I hadn't, my max, I got most five hours of sleep, three nights in a row. I was completely exhausted. And then I wind up run, running a fever that I just pushed through and worked out one day anyway because I was so tired of not working out anymore and I just figured I needed to do that so that's what I did worked out with a fever went home felt awful woke up the next day with even higher fever and was not able to make it into work passed out in her bathroom <laughs> <laughs> yeah passed out and uh, God knew I needed something to kick me in the butt to make me not go to work, so I guess that's what he decided yeah, to do. Yep, yep. And so Holy I wound cow. up having that fever for five days, and I was laying in bed not able to do anything for a total of five days, and then coming back, it was... Time to deload getting ready for the comp. It was. Well, yep. I even had... I had three days that I came back and I worked, but I still wasn't able to work out. So I you were sleeping in the closet. I was sleeping yeah. in the closet during my workout time because I was just that run down from running a fever for five days. So by the time I actually got ready to come back, it was time to deload for the comp. So I didn't actually work out before the competition for about three, three weeks. weeks. It was not the way I had envisioned preparing for my first competition. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it, I mean, I think it was really, I mean, it was good for you. I think because, I mean, she still performed really, really well. In the yeah, competition, yeah. So I think it was she just needed rest. Yeah. That was her body saying okay. So, and <laughs> we won't get too far into this, but but Rebecca, you tend to get sick every deload, right? Yes. Almost every deload. Every deload. So um, I'm not sure if there's if there's an ancient art or ancient science behind this, Andrew. But getting sick on deloads. She, she's a grinder, so <laughs> Rebecca likes to grind herself into the ground <laughs> repeatedly. Yeah. So we're trying to figure we're trying to figure her out. We're still not. Do you think that it's, it's literally every single system in your body, including your immune system, everything is functioning so high all the time that when you deload, everything's like, okay, hey, if muscles are taking a break, immune system's going to take a break too. It might be. I don't know. Because I mean, literally mm -hmm. every time you deload, you get sick. Yeah. So that's our goal going into the next competition is right. that you don't get sick, don't get sick every deload. And preferably not the week before the deload, too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. All right. So let's get into cutting weight because you mentioned cutting weight. And Andrew's back in here now, ready, ready to start blasting us for cutting weight. So two different ways you can cut weight for an event. You can slowly monitor your calories. Drop back a little bit, which Andrew said, if you are not in a caloric surplus, it's hard to gain strength. You can do it that way, and you can get your weight down and be kind of comfortable going into the, the weigh-in. Mm -hmm. Or you can, you know, five days out from the event, and you're still five pounds up, you can still cut five pounds in five days, if not more, depending on how big you are, 
by just drinking less water, eating less, sitting in a sauna, things like that. So um, we've never cut, I've never needed to cut for an event before. None of us have ever needed to cut, right, for anything? Yeah. So, Andrew, you're a fan of the weight, cut it close cut? I knew you guys would be fine because you guys weren't that that heavy. Yeah. So I knew you guys would be okay. But sometimes you just need to experience things for yourself. I think that's what was good for you guys. I think a lot of this, Andrew, I could, I could, I could, looking back, I know that yeah. you let us do a lot of things that you knew weren't the best for us. But Sure. I tried to tell you. Yeah. But it's just like, you know. You know, you got, you, you got We're your children. Your sure. dad's standing back. You're sure. Like, you know yeah. what? You need to burn your hand on this stove. Yeah. So <laughs> and um, but it was. I think it was good for you guys because you guys saw that um, you didn't necessarily need to do like a point two five six nine, you know, pound a week weight, weight cut. Yes. You know what I mean to yeah. to be successful. And I think um, I think that'll benefit you guys moving forward because I think you guys will be able to eat enough to you know kind of. You know, keep training hard and keep recovering yeah. well, and I think it'll help you guys. Because if you guys, if you're not too far over, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to do like a five day cut and be fine. Yeah. So well, I noticed when, when I was competing against the 181 guys, like they look a lot, they look bigger than me, mm -hmm. and it's because these guys typically walk around at like 187, mm -hmm. whereas when I weighed in, I weighed in three pounds underweight. Yeah, but you're so pretty though. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but, but I weighed in. I came in real light. Like, you don't want to come in. Rebecca, you came in under by half a pound, right? Okay. That's what you want to do. And I needed to do a drastic cut to get there. Yes. Yeah. So, Rebecca, we had to, to do water cutting, which mm -hmm. is where you, you stay hydrated early in the week. And then you taper the water off drastically the day of the weigh-in. which We yeah. weighed in at 2 p.m. the day before the competition. Rebecca, you didn't eat breakfast? You ate a little bit? I... Like some eggs? Yeah, I ate some eggs. And then you like basically didn't drink water except for maybe some sips here and there? Jeez. I was uh, rinsing my mouth out with water and spitting it out. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Yep. And I didn't and need anything. Into the weigh-in, then you weighed in. So yeah. what did you eat after the weigh-in? Everything. Everything? Yes. Yeah, so I had... I packed a bagel with cream cheese, and <laughs> I packed some chicken, and I packed an apple and a protein bar. And I was eating the protein bar as I was walking off of the scale. <laughs> and <laughs> I love this. <laughs> then I ate all of that other stuff. And then, so that was like at 3.34. And then we went out to dinner. And I, around 6, had a big sandwich. Had uh, this loaded mashed potato salad yeah. thing. Yeah. Frescoes. 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 Um, and then on the way home, I stopped by Chick-fil-A, and I got a Chick-fil-A milkshake. Oh, you did? I did. <laughs> oh! <laughs> so I had a Chick-fil-A milkshake <laughs> after that. And That's then so awesome. the morning of the comp, I had three eggs, and I had pancakes, and I had... Um, wow, that's so great. Yeah, so I ate everything. Brandon, did you do anything? Wait, because you were under by, like, seven pounds. So you I didn't was under by, yeah, right? I was, like, So under. you didn't do anything. Um, I, like, ate breakfast and then had, like, a protein shake and, like, still drank water. Okay. So I just wanted to see, like, what I could, like, do. Which you, yeah. And, like, I weighed in, like, ten pounds under. So <laughs> I was just, like, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Now, by, I hit up the Chick-fil-A right by the uh, the gym. Because the gym was in a mall. Mm -hmm. and went to Chick-fil-A yeah. from there. Yeah. yeah. That was good. She, she wants to leave her stuff in here. She can. Oh, no, she's good. She's warming up. Yeah. All right. So that takes us to the night before the competition. How did you guys sleep the night before the competition? Terrible. Not great. Yeah, Not great. Is that normal? Completely normal. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, my son Wesley decided that he has this new uh, wolf slash dog <laughs> impression, and he was going to test that thing out around 2, 3, and 4 a.m. So that's why I didn't sleep super great was he was howling. But um, yeah, that's probably, I mean, I remember for my first CrossFit competition, which Andrew, I'm sorry, 
I slipped up in the beginning of this yeah. podcast. I accidentally I got ready to call it a CrossFit competition. Yeah. Oh man! And I pulled it back in. Yeah. I only got the crew out before I changed the strongman. That's but good. That's definitely cool. very different because my clients have asked me like, "Oh, is you 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 another CrossFit competition?" It's it's different, but in a lot of ways the same. We'll get into that sure. later on. Yeah, but absolutely. Yeah. So sleep not sleeping well the night before is pretty normal. totally normal. Yep. yep. Next day I had to drive an hour and a half. The rest of you all was, what, an hour, maybe? 45 minutes? No, it was closer to a half hour for me. Yeah, so obviously much closer than a 10-hour drive to a competition. Yeah. Which I like this one being kind of close. And there's another one coming up in Martinsburg, West Virginia, in January that a lot of people want to do. And that's like 20 minutes from my house. What is Martinsburg, an hour from here? Yeah, something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So I think if you've got a, a close competition that has light weights, that might not be a terrible. But you were yeah. saying venue. So this venue you knew was legit because you've been there before. You've seen it before? Uh, I I know I I know of the promoter that was putting on the competition. Okay. So, and I've heard of him kind of just being around strongman for almost a decade. So. Gotcha. So I knew he was he was solid because sometimes you just don't know if it's you know a rookie promoter or somebody you're not familiar with. You just yeah. don't know exactly. Like, so have you been to one that was like a bad one? You're like I would never do this again. Yeah, I've been to ones where you know you you do an event and it's like three four hours in between events Jeez. because they do you know do so much Jeez. time. It, it was actually like a max yoke, so pretty much every single competitor had three attempts. Oh, good grief! Yeah, so it took a long time. So, um, yeah, and I and I didn't do that one. Needless to say, okay. And yeah, after that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So day of the event, we get there. Uh, we didn't need to weigh in. Some people could weigh in the morning of, but we had already weighed in the day before. Uh, we get checked in. Um, get your shirt that you compete in. And they go through the rules at uh, what nine thirty? Nine thirty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go through the rules of each event. And then at 10 o'clock, everything starts. So there were five different events. There was um, a car deadlift, uh, which is this frame that a car backs up onto that you, when you deadlift it, it kind of tips the car up, or a, a tire, which they had for some of the women's classes. Um, Fingal fingers, which, Rebecca, explain this. Um, so that's essentially a long, they had, they were metal poles, I guess it could be anything. That's connected to a hinge, and so it's on the ground, you got to lift it up and then kind of walk it over so it flips over down onto the other side. And there were, there were five of those? There were five of those, starting at 100 pounds, and then they increased by 100 pounds, so it was 100, 200, 300, 400, 500. Okay, and uh, Brandon was playing a truck pull. Oh, the truck pull, it's like a harness like on your like torso, and then you're just holding onto a rope and you're pulling the truck. So, yeah, that was like we'll a get to the truck fail. pull. <laughs> well, that, that wasn't a fail in our part. It was a fail in the, somebody else's. Yeah, uh, <laughs> not your fault. Uh, what was the? Uh, oh, so those are the three outdoor. Wait, are there four outdoor ones? No, there's only three outdoor there's ones. Three. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, take us through the log cleaning press or log press. Sure. So uh, max log. So each competitor has three attempts. Um, if you're successful, you get to move on. If you miss at all. Um, you're out of the of that event, so you have to kind of be strategic. You have to be smart with your openers. You know, you have to be, um, you know, good about your second attempt and kind of see where everybody else is taking attempts to kind of see where you finish in the event. Um, in terms of the actual movement, um, a log is basically exactly what you would think it is. Is a it's it's basically a metal version <laughs> of a wooden log that you can put weights on, and there's handles in the middle. Um, you pick it up off the ground. You kind of put it in your lap, and you essentially roll it, which is the clean part. Um, and then you get it to like a front rack position and you press it or you can split jerk, push press, push jerk, which 
Johnny's a fan push of. Shirt. Yeah. Big, big push shirt fan. So, so that's the max log. Yep. Uh, and then you finished with the Atlas Stones, which is this like the quintessential. Everybody thinks of Strongman and thinks oh, of yeah. the stones. Cool. Those uh, balls on ESPN. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the first stone went from the ground up to your shoulder. You had to take one hand off to show that you had control of it. Second stone went to a 60-inch platform that was heavier. Next stone went to a slightly shorter platform. That stone was heavier. There were five total stones. Each As the stones went up in weight, the platform went down in height, so you didn't have to lift it as high. So Brandon and I, in our classes, we did uh, a 160 stone to the shoulder, 150, 150. 150, 150 to the shoulder, 180 to the first platform, yeah. 200, 220, 240, yeah. yeah, leading up to that, to that final stone. Rebecca, what were, your, what were yours? It was 110 to the shoulder, 130, 140, or no, 130, 150, 160, 180. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We hope to have you back for part two, where you can hear how we did on each event at the competition and what we learned from our experience, plus what advice we have for first-time competitors. If you're a fan of the show and you would like to show your support for Straight Shot, we would love to see you in the gym working out in our very first t-shirt. It's available now on straightshottraining.com. Just click on store in the menu and you'll see it right there. These shirts are super soft, but still durable enough to hold up wash after wash. And while you're on our website, you can also check out what you get with a subscription to our training program. You get mobility, prehab, strength and conditioning work, and cooldowns delivered weekly to your inbox with demo videos and weekly coaching chats included, all for just 21 bucks a month. Again, the website is straightshottraining.com. Thanks again for listening, and have a great week, everybody.